0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Lift off. We have a off. It's 10 After the Hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. You can also go to TheResurgent.com and text the word SHOW to 444-999 and get the daily email, links to the podcast, all that business. Y'all, I I don't even want to spend a lot of time on this, and I'm going to say something controversial that shouldn't be controversial, and I'm getting yelled at by people for having put it up at TheResurgent.com. But it is a very straightforward point. I would like to see what the president said to the widow before deciding that what he said was good or bad. Because no one has produced the president's statement. The White House says they have a copy of what the president said, but they haven't released it. The Congresswoman and the, the the mother of the widow, they both said the president said that um, the soldier killed in Niger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Niger. Um, it's Niger because you're an American. You don't go around talking about going to Paris. Do you know you went to Paris? It's like the, the, the NBC people when they had the Olympics and the, the Winter Olympics in Turin. is, we're going to Turino. Nobody knew where the hell Turino was because on the map it says Turin because you're an American. Yeah, there's a great Churchill quote there the, the, that we speak English and therefore we pronounce names in English. We don't pronounce the names as the savages do in their savage lands. Amen, Winston Churchill. So the soldier, the, the SEAL killed in Niger. His family, uh, they say the president was insulting. Y'all, listen, I don't, now I am not in their shoes, and I say this saying that, but the president saying he knew what he signed up for, but that doesn't make it any easier, the loss any easier, doesn't sound to me to be an intentionally offensive statement, if that's what he said but we don't know what he said. And no one's saying what he actually said. We are relying on the voices of people who hate the president to tell us what the president said. And these people already have a history of mischaracterizing the president and misquoting the president. So I'm not going to make up my mind on what the president said, and I'm not going to make up my mind on whether or not he should have said what he said until I know what he said. And yet the media has been running wall-to-wall coverage on a paraphrase of what the president said, not actually what the president said. The entire news cycle today on this controversy is based on what a congresswoman who hates his guts claims he said, and the media is treating her statement as objective fact And not the president's denial. Now, do I think he probably said, yeah, actually, it sounds like something he would say. But I don't know that he said it. I do know, however, that if the president did say it, he didn't mean it to be insulting. And yet they're also running these stories as if the president meant to be insulting. The whole thing is stupid. Rick Perry, Secretary of Energy, says this is an asinine story. He is right. And that's all I intend to say about it. I have decided I don't care about the Russia situation. I want to explain to you why I don't care about the Russia situation and why you should not care about the Russia situation, because Hillary Clinton reset the Russia relationship when she was the secretary of state. She reset it. She gave them a reset button. She bought it off of, uh, at, at Staples. The easy button, she, she just relabeled it the reset button and she gave it to them. By the way, she got the Russian wrong on the button. Nonetheless, they knew what she meant. She reset the relationship. Barack Obama told Mitt Romney that Russia didn't matter, that the 1980s called. They wanted their foreign policy back, and every reporter who wears skinny jeans and writes about foreign policy and politics loved the line. They loved it. They thought it was awesome. Oh, that's such a clever line, Mr. President. Can I have your baby? They would report. Even the men. And now we know that the Russians were bribing people to get a nuclear deal during the Obama administration, and the Obama administration was covering it up and not reporting it and trying to keep it secret so that none of us would know. They gave the Russians the deal. The Secretary of State signed off, Hillary Clinton signed off on a deal to give the Russians a nuclear deal. Even after we knew that the Russians were bribing people in this country to attest to their good motives and good nature, the FBI was investigating it, the president was warned, the Secretary of State knew, oh, the Clinton Foundation got money from the Russians at this time. And they all kept their mouth shut. They all kept it secret. And now suddenly they want us to believe the Russians stole the election. Maybe the Russians stole the 2012 election. Hmm? Maybe the Russians stole that election. I mean, they were throwing money everywhere then, and they were helping Obama and Clinton at the time. They, they were helping Obama and Clinton. Maybe, maybe the Russians were, stole that election. How do we know? The Obama administration sure was covering it all up. They were covering up everything about Russia at the time. I don't really believe that the Russians stole that election. They didn't steal this election either. But that's the point. Mark Penn, Hillary Clinton's pollster, a friend of Bill, has come out and said this is absolute nonsense. Most of the money the Russians spent on Facebook advertisements was spent after the election. You know what the Russians spent money on? They spent money on ads to prop up Black Lives Matters. They spent money on social justice warrior nut jobs, and they spent money on some, some Trump conspiracy theorists online to peddle conspiracy theories. Why? Because they didn't want Donald Trump to win. They wanted us fighting with each other. They recognized the country is divided. They recognized both sides at their their extremes are getting angry at each other, and they wanted to incite violence and disruption in this country so that we would have to focus internally on each other and leave the Russians alone. And and that's what they've gotten, and the Democrats have played into their hand. They were playing into their, their hand before 2012, too, weren't they? Yes, they were playing right into the Russians' hands before 2012. They were covering up bribery scandals, giving Russians fancy deals, giving, while they were giving money to the Clinton Foundation. And Russia didn't matter then, no, no. Don't say anything bad about Russia before 2016, because Barack Obama had, had it handled. If the Russians were doing something in this country wrong in 2016, it means everything that Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and their apologists in the media were telling us in 2012 was a lie. And if anything, if the Russians did cause this election to go to Donald Trump, well, then Barack Obama got what he deserved, did he not? because he was the one watching this whole ship sink and covering it up because he wanted everyone to believe he had reset the relationship with the Russians when he really hadn't. The Russians were playing him for the fool that he was, and so I don't care. And do I really think the Russians stole the election? I don't. Is there any proof the Russians stole the election? There is not. Is there any proof they hacked a voting machine anywhere in the country? There is not. You know what happened? Hillary Clinton was a terrible awful, horrible candidate with a terrible, awful, horrible campaign manager who ran a terrible, awful, horrible campaign, and they can't accept it because she would have been the first woman president, and he was the most prominent gay campaign manager the nation has ever seen, and because we've got these protected classes, we've got to blame the Russians. Instead of admitting they ran a terrible campaign and were terrible people, and they lost to a guy they didn't think could beat them because they thought he was worse than them, and guess what? The nation thought they were worse than him. It's Eric Erickson here. Don't forget tomorrow. Yes, it's tomorrow night. I'll be at Monday night. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, I will be at Monday night. You can come have a beer with me. You can get a buy a book uh, before you wake You can if you don't already have one. You know the, you can also go to a Barnes & Noble or Books a Million. They're on sale now at your local bookstore. Um, but if you want to come by tomorrow night, grab a beer at Monday night with me. Uh, Monday Night Brewing is their garage location. Text the word BEER to 345-345. And what will happen is you will get a link back to an Eventbrite uh, page where you can RSVP, it's not necessary, it's helpful. Um, the main reason it's helpful is because the actual location for Monday Night's Garage and the entrance into it are not the same address. And by texting the word BEER to three four I'll get you the address to the entrance to the Monday Night Garage, uh, come by. Tomorrow night, I'll be there 5 to 8, doing the show live 5 to 7, signing books, hanging out, uh, drinking with you till 8 o'clock tomorrow night. And then I'm on a plane to Los Angeles to be on Bill Maher's show. Yes, to be on with Bill Maher on HBO Friday night, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Now, uh, with James Carville, Margaret Hoover, Seth MacFarland, uh, Bill Maher, and me. It's 40 after the hour. I am Merrick Erickson, the phone number 404 872 750 WSB talk. The number of butthurt liberals who are angry with me saying Obama got what he deserved uh, over the Russia thing. Um, I'm sorry, folks, but you people laughed and mocked every Republican warning you about Russia. And you laughed at us, you mocked us, you denied it, you put your faith in Obama, uh, you, you refused to believe that Russia was a threat. And guess what? They were the whole time, just like we were saying. You shouldn't be mad at me, you should be mad at the Obama administration for lying to you the whole time. You know, there is something to be said, though, and this is one of my great disappointments with conservatives these days. And I use air quotes when I say conservatives are the people who think that well now Russia is is on the right side because Russia didn't like Hillary Clinton no no uh, the Russians are playing you for fools like they played Barack Obama the Russians aren't on your side the Russians aren't good guys the Russians are your enemy. Stop treating them like they're some, some noble people who saved you from Hillary. Um, it, they, were, they weren't trying to get Donald Trump elected. They were trying to sow chaos in this country. And to the extent that people are at each other's throats in this country, um, they capitalized on it and made a bad situation worse. Uh, they have done you no favors. They will do you no favors. And Vladimir Putin would gut you in a heartbeat if he could. So don't be cheering on the Russians. They are not good guys. They do not have clean hands. But neither does the Obama administration. And so I'm sorry if I can't get emotionally invested in the Russians stole the election because, one, it's not true, and you people are just trying to avoid admitting that you nominated a horrible candidate. And, two, uh, they wouldn't have been able to meddle in our election had you not played us all for fools and denied that the relationship was as bad as it was. So, yeah, I'm not shedding a tear over this. Uh, Democrats did get what they deserved. They screwed up the foreign policy relationship with Russia, Uh, not George W. Bush, not Donald Trump. They screwed it up. They made a big deal out of resetting the relationship. They made it worse, and then they tried to cover it up, Uh, including, we now know as of today, thanks to a pending Senate investigation, uh, hiding news about bribes to Americans to get a uranium deal for Russia have a real hard time being sympathetic at all to any Democratic complaints about this. Party over country? No, that's what the Democrats did. The Democrats put their party and covering for President Obama in the 2012 election over their country. It's exactly what they did. Now, let me take calls now. 404 750 wsb talk from God's part of Georgia, Bremen. This would be Chris. Welcome, Chris. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, Just a couple quick questions in regards to the Uranium One bill. Um, Have we found all the uranium that the United States has, and we've given 20% of that to Russia, or have we given them 20% of what we will find, and if so, can we just stop? given it to them i uh, you know, you know I, I don't think we have given them everything yeah. and and uh, the deal that chris is talking about is the one that got brought was the subject of briberies where we were handing uranium to russians for their power plants supposedly it was non-enriched uranium that of course could subsequently be enriched if we if we expect the russians to do what the russians do um I honestly don't know, Chris. I believe that it was a scheduled transfer over time, uh, and it is something that part of it could be stopped, but most of it is done. Yeah, it would seem the smart thing to do would just to be not give them anymore until the investigation is complete. Yeah, I would think so. The, I mean, the Senate is looking into this. And by the way, you guys should know, this is not a Republican witch hunt. This is actually a bipartisan investigation. There are Democrats in the Senate who are livid with Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, absolutely livid, uh, as well they should be, I think. Uh, This was not a good deal, and if they were warned, people told them it was a bad idea, they were told they shouldn't enter this deal, they were warned by the FBI of potential corruption, but the Russians were giving contributions to the Clinton Foundation And to American energy officials who were certifying that the Russians were in compliance with all sorts of things the Russians were not in compliance with in order to get the deal done. Uh, And this is going to blow up on the Democrats. And you'll just have to excuse me for not at this point really caring about Democrats complaining that the Russians stole the election or the Russians tried to interfere. Of course they tried to interfere. They've been interfering since before the 2012 election when the Democrats were pretending it wasn't a problem. They only now want you to think it was a problem because they lost. And you know, the real beauty of this is that they're hanging Hillary Clinton's defeat on the Russians stealing the election, which is a fact not an evidence, it's not true, it's not provable, it isn't proven at all, they're never going to really assess and acknowledge the reasons that she lost in 2016 when they think that she got it stolen from her. It gives them a sense of grievance without any way to actually recover from the mistakes they actually made. It's 56 after the hour, Eric Erickson here, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. Y'all, I, maybe I can make this point fast, before because we really need to move on to what's happening in the Senate with tax reform and Obamacare, but I am continuing to read more and more people in Hollywood coming forward saying that they, too, were sexually harassed. They, too, were sexually assaulted. They, too, have seen people do terrible things. And they won't name any of them. And at some point, it goes from being brave to uh, being virtue signaling. And they say, well, I could get sued. Uh, The truth is an absolute defense to libel. If someone did something bad to you and you say it, well, they can't sue you. In fact, they will get in trouble for suing you. It it just at this point sounds more like uh, Me Tooism virtue signaling than actually trying to do something about it. We have a down. Do you know what time it is? And I don't mean technically 10 after the hour. No, no. It is time for an annual monologue. Something that comes up every year at this time that I must yet again address because humanity needs it in the spirit of people are stupid. I've just totally I'm I'm going all in on people are stupid you know it's true People are stupid and the proof of this is that fathers and mothers are allowing their daughters to dress up as sluts for Halloween It is true I mean, the, the cheap trash costumes that you get. Uh, we got this Harvey Weinstein story out there, all the abuse and harassment in Hollywood, and and the producers who want women to line up naked for shows or wear skimpy outfits, and you're letting your daughters wear it for Halloween. Send them on out to Hollywood where they can wear it every day. I just... I took my child to pick out a Halloween costume. And there's just an army of parents letting their kids dress up like skank trash. And I don't understand it. I do not. As a father of a daughter, I am appalled. And I say as a father of a daughter because you had that idiot 20-something single chick on Twitter who was upset with men saying fathers of daughters. I take pride in being the father of a daughter, and I want her to have her self-esteem by her value as a person, not in the shortness of her skirt or the tightness of her pants. And some of you people out there, well, I don't even think it's you. I think y'all are the good people, but y'all know what I'm talking about, and I hope you stink eye the parents on Halloween night who come to their house with daughters dressed up as cheap trash, and they should be ashamed of it. I mean, the, the, you've got the prostatot outfits out there, the, the, the nurse prostatot outfit. you you got the, I mean, all of them. They're ridiculous, shameful. I don't understand it. I just don't. I don't understand why anyone would allow their child to do that. And I don't care how old your kid is. If they're living under your roof, you get the ability to set some rules and say No. They do not need to dress up like prostitutes. I just absolutely I just, oh, it makes me mad. I'm sorry. And this is an abridged version of the annual monologue because there's so much other stuff going on that we need to get to. But parents, I don't care if you let your kids grow up to be cowboys. But don't let your daughters dress up like prostitutes for Halloween. Whether it's the vampire prostitute, the nurse prostitute, the action figure prostitute, I don't care. Your child should have some self-worth measured not by the tightness of their outfit or their hemline or, or what have you, you just don't need to let them do it. There's no reason for that now. So I I do, I need to say some more, not about uh, Halloween, but about Hollywood, the story that just won't go away because in the very last segment of the last hour, I only had a minute and I don't want to get myself in trouble and I don't want anybody to mishear me. Um, It is is brave of people to come forward who know that their careers could be ended, and they're willing to say they were abused in Hollywood. The problem here is that we're now having a flood of people coming forward saying, yep, it happened to me, or it happened to someone I know, and they don't want to say the name. And many of them are saying, well, I could be sued. There is safety in numbers, but not only is there safety in numbers, there is safety in truth. Now, I, I know I was a lawyer and I, I have dealt with situations like this in the past where you, you can say it's true and you're still going to get sued and they're going to they're going to break you on the lawsuit, even if it's true and you're going to wind up settling I get the sense that some of these people are coming forward and they can't talk about it uh, because they have already taken a settlement. But I also need to tell you that there are a number of people out there who sound to me as if they are trying to virtue signal by saying, oh, I know that this happens and I'm an eyewitness, or but I can't tell you who I saw do it. But, yes, it's a problem. There, there's, there's a level, you know, the, the other day there was the hashtag me too of people saying, yeah, I was sexually harassed or I was sexually abused. Me too. And so i when I say me tooism I'm not talking about that but I'm saying there is a level of me tooism in that people want to be part of the conversation they they want their little op-ed in variety or the hollywood reporter or online somewhere saying yep 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 I saw it all I saw all these bad people but I'm not going to tell you who they are they're awful terrible people who did awful terrible vile things but I'm not going to tell you who they are why not Not naming these people allows them to continue on. In fact, I would say, if anything, given the situation with Weinstein, that if they're not going to name people, then what's going to happen is they're going to say, oh, I must be really powerful. I must really be able to get away with this. Because they weren't scared of Harvey Weinstein and took him down, but they must be scared of me not to name me. There seems to be a lot of that. You know, there, there's an undercurrent. I, I've now read like three different articles and a bunch of tweets from actresses uh, mentioning the the Brian Singer, the, the director of X-Men. He's been accused forever of of inappropriate things with young men. And uh, there are all sorts of settlements and cases and whatnot. And it's funny how all of these news reports say, s- s- spill his name out and they say, but nothing's ever been proven and things have been settled and cases have been withdrawn. And you had the Rachel Evan Wood from, from Westworld tweeting out about him the other day. But what about all the others? That He seems to be the only one and, and everybody runs the story and say, well, we can't prove anything about this one. This is just the rumor. What about all these people who are saying, I saw this guy do this terrible thing, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. At some point, there really is safety in numbers. Do you not believe that others will come to their defense and speak up? Because if he's done it to one person, he's done it to a lot of people. And I got when some people were first coming forward and saying these bad things happened and they're scared to say who, I got it. I have seen it with clients of mine in the past, in sexual harassment cases, and racial discrimination cases I dealt with for the plaintiffs, I I get it. But at this point, when the avalanche is coming, and you keep hearing the flood of stories coming out, there's some safety in numbers. And at some point, it just really looks like people want to just get their name out. And not the name of the bad guy out. And they should be getting the name of the bad guy out. They should be exposing the monsters. Letting the monsters stay in the shadows isn't the way to end the problem. It's really not. Tomorrow night, I am going to Monday Night Brewing's Garage location. Uh, I am going to have a beer with you guys. I'm going to do the show 5 to 7. I'm going to sign books from 7 to 8. You can buy a copy of Before You Wake at your local bookstore, or you can come tomorrow. If you haven't already got it on Amazon or somewhere, come tomorrow. Uh, You can buy the book on location. I will sign your copy of Before You Wake at Monday Night Brewing tomorrow night. Um, the follow. If you want to come, RSVP. Get the directions to the location. It's their garage location. It's not their main location. You can text the word beer to three four five three four five, and um, that'll get you the event bright link. That gets you the address and the time, and helps us keep track of how many people are coming. Uh, it would be useful. It's not required, but would be useful. Yo, know, we had somebody call in who said that I need to address the statements I've made that were sexually harassing on the radio. Now he couldn't come up with any that I've made. I don't recall ever sexually harassing anyone on radio other than my producer. And that was just for the fun of it because he's a jerk and deserved it. Um, I, I, I cannot, I, I just, I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to figure out when have I sexually harassed someone on the radio. And I think what this gets to, and this is the problem with a lot of these witch hunt things, is that I made comments that he thought were inappropriate. And therefore, he thinks that they were sexual harassment comments because he didn't like the nature of the comment. And he thought they were inappropriate, even though I wasn't sexually harassing anyone. And that's the problem with this Me Tooism stuff. I mean, you, you occasionally will get people who, up. Oh, he looked at me funny. It was sexual harassment. He opened the door for me. That was sexual harassment. He patted me on the back. That was sexual assault. Uh, you do get people like that. I mean, look, you know, the, the um, who was it? Cato Institute actually went out and surveyed minorities on statements they find offensive because, you know, according to the victimization people today on social media, if you say to an Asian person, you speak very good English, um, that's awful because the person may be an American. And yet 80 some odd percent of Asians surveyed said that doesn't offend them. And the list went on and on and on of all the things people say. uh, Or asking a Hispanic person where you're from, uh, over 80% of Hispanic people said that it doesn't offend them if someone asks them this question. Uh, And yet uh, the victimization people are so sensitive. They really are. I was not going to talk about this subject, but I've made the mistake of reading the internet while I was on break. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404 872 750 WSB Talk. Lunches for your kids at school. I know, what a boring topic. It, it, it is not newsworthy, except apparently um, a dietitian has been shamed on social media because she posted a picture of her daughter's lunch at school and it was a mayonnaise sandwich it was slices of bread with mayonnaise between them and nothing else and apparently she's been getting so much heck she has come forward she is an announced she's a dietitian. she kind of knows how to feed people And her kid is exceedingly picky. And it is very hard to pack a lunch for school that will last uh, until lunchtime that the kid can eat. And in her mind, it is better for her child to actually get something in her stomach than for her to pack an elaborate, delicious, super nutritious meal that the child refuses to eat. And I agree. And anyone who has kids and is a parent probably agrees. And this is is what sticks with me. I am increasingly mindful that the loudest voices on social media are the childless single people. They are the most judgmental and the most likely to tell you how you should live your life and raise your child. Now, I do have to tell you something, and this is going to insult some of you, and it— I, to some degree, I hope it does insult some of you. You would not be surprised when I said on radio that my wife has cancer, the number of people who have come forward with, if you just take this one supplemental that I just so happened to sell, you'll cure your wife's cancer. It it is, it is really crazy the number of people who have done this, who come forward all the time, just just tell your wife to eat this one food. I mean, and I guess, you know, all these ads that I complain about that I try never to, to put up at the resurgent of eat this one thing and you'll lose 50 pounds overnight, maybe it's true. Maybe there, there are a bunch of conservatives out there who, who want this stuff, but I'm sorry. I don't want the supplement you just so happened to sell for my wife. She's on a pill, thank you uh, that, that is an oral chemotherapy that is taking care of her quite well. Thank you. But all of these people who just feel the need to weigh in with advice on, on what to do with your kids and they don't know you, they don't know anything about you. Uh, and it's just, well, I, I presume based on this picture you put up on Instagram that you must be doing or not doing something. And on social media, it is more and more it is the single, childless, obnoxious people in their 20s who feel compelled to do this. I just don't understand. And I guess part of it is that social media makes us feel more familiar with people. We, we presume we're friends with someone because we follow them on social media and we don't really know them. And this poor woman has gotten eaten alive on social media as threats to her business and whatnot. She, she's a dietitian and a mom of a very picky eater. I have an exceedingly picky eater as a child. I am totally sympathetic uh, to what this woman is going through and to all the people offering her advice and condemnation uh, on what she's feeding her kids. My kid, you know what he eats at school? Bacon. That's it. We send him a pile of bacon every day and he eats it. That is the only thing he will eat at school. One day, hopefully, he will develop better tastes. Okay, uh, we do send Oreos with him as well. It's not just bacon that he eats. He will eat an Oreo uh, and a saltine. Yes, saltines, Oreos, and bacon. Listen, I agree with the dietician. It is better that we send our child food that he will eat to school than have him starve all day. And miracle of miracles, and like the last month, he's decided he likes apples all of a sudden. And it's not just that he likes apples. He wants an apple with a peel on it. Which is just crazy. So we've start, Christy has discovered you can slice of apples, soak them in light salt water, and they won't get brown and gross, and she can send them to school with him, and he will eat the apple and the Oreo and the saltine and the bacon. Hey, at least he's getting fiber and vitamins along the way. I was a picky eater. Y'all, I have been cooking since I was five. Uh, and, and like actual cooking, because my mother got so frustrated with me. I was such a picky eater, um, that she told me cook, uh, cook or starve. And that was basically it. And she would, she would help me get going, but it was a, if I wanted to cook and basically it was, I learned to boil a hot dog and I ate just a hot dog. Um, no bun because buns were gross when I was five. I just wanted the hot dog. I was a horribly picky eater and God is just paying me back double for the amount of being a picky eater that I was. My 12 year old was an extremely picky eater and now suddenly she'll try stuff. The problem with my nine year, eight year old, he'll be nine in, in December is that he has my pickiness and his mother's hard headedness. So he's proud of being a picky eater and refuses to change and thinks it's a great thing that he's a picky eater. And we, we, we're going to have to break him with a habit. And I just, I'm of the mind that, you know, we just force him to eat stuff and his mother is, you know, we would be here all night because he's my child and is so hard headed He would just sit there and stare at it until it was bedtime. So we'll just, he'll eventually start trying new things. Maybe he will, maybe he will try new things. I don't know. But this mother who's getting shamed on social media because she's feeding her kid, um, who are you to tell a mother what she should or should not feed her child, particularly when she's a nutritionist? They're just terrible people in the world, and they've all got social media accounts. It is 56 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. You can come see me in person, live, tomorrow night at Monday Night Brewing at their garage location. Text the word BEER to 345345. Come have a beer with me, and I will sign your copy of my book, Before You Wake, uh, which I am pleased to announce. I will be going to the Reagan Library in a few weeks. They have invited me to come out to the Reagan Library and talk about my book. Uh, I have never been out there and have always wanted to go. Very honored that they would ask. On Friday night, I'll be on Bill Maher's show on HBO. I know, I know, I know. Okay, let me ask you just real quick. If a Republican candidate for governor photoshopped his black running mate out of his campaign palm cards, what do you think the media reaction would be? I bet it would be hysterical. So just consider the media's lack of reaction to Ralph Northam. He is the Democratic governor gubernatorial candidate in Virginia who has deleted his black running mate off of all of his campaign material in northern Virginia. Why? Because the unions don't like the guy. So they've deleted him and the press is saying nothing. It's just another example of how biased the media is.